Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. Oh my gosh. So here we are, Busy Mumsies. Another Wednesday, another day, another day to tackle parenting, and I pressed record and instantly just start chuckling and smiling and thinking about my time, my three years of being a mom and my three years of figuring out how to feed Adia every day is a freaking like circus. Yeah, it is an absolute freaking circus. So recently I've been sharing more on social media about how Adia is like the fussiest, pickiest eater. And I then immediately think back to myself as a child. And I mean, I don't have it like clear back to when I'm three, but like I remember how my brother and I like used to fight constantly at the dinner table about food. And then like my mom would just be like at her wits end and put a timer on. Did anyone else's parents put a timer on? Um, I wish you could answer me right now. Um, She did. She was like, if you want to watch Married with Children and The Simpsons or America's Funniest Home Videos, I've so aged myself with all of this, but true story. If you want to watch any of this, you got to eat before the timer goes off. And that's what she did. And did it create food issues? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I love my mom to pieces. I'm not blaming her for anything. I'm just so happy to be alive. Um, but it's wild. So I'm like looking at Adia now going, I'm not, obviously I'm not going to implement the timer situation, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy trying to get your child to make peace, make happiness with the fork, the fork, not the fork, the fork, the spoon, and that lovely, glorious plate of food in front of you. With all of this said, I've been sharing this again on social media and someone that was following me said, oh my gosh, you should totally have Charlotte Sterling Reed on your podcast because she helped me so much with, you know, figuring out how to, you know, not train, but, you know, ease my child's journey through weaning. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who this is. And now I want to know. So here we are today on the Busy Mumsy podcast. We are welcoming Charlotte Sterling Reed. She began her work life in the NHS after gaining a first class honors degree in nutrition and human biology, and then at postgraduate degree from Bristol University 
in nutrition and public health. Since then, Charlotte has worked in various areas of nutrition, but enjoys nothing more than reading, writing, and talking about her specialist area, maternal, baby, and children's nutrition. I mean, if you're already following her, you will know she is like the go-to weaning expert for all celebrities. And so many people across the UK are following her. She is just the go-to. Charlotte has supported thousands of families with feeding their babies, toddlers, and young children, especially since her audience has grown on social media. If you are a parent looking for help with feeding your baby or toddler, Charlotte has created lots of free resources. I mean, that is super important because we're living in a pretty crazy time. So the fact that she's offering already free resources is like ding, 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 winner, winner right here. So just head to her website. You can also find that in the show notes. For those starting weaning, her book, How to Wean Your Baby, will give you all the knowledge you need to feed your baby with confidence and importantly, enable you to enjoy the weaning journey. I want to find enjoyment at breakfast, lunch, and dinner with Adia. Um, I feel like many mama bears out there and dadsies want to also enjoy this. So let's dive on into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Charlotte Sterling Reed, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. That that was a, a new ending to the cast. If for, for the listeners, I just decided to add a little bit more of an ism onto it. Um, I've had a lot of coffee. Are you a coffee drinker? No, do you know what? No, I did go through phases of having it post my second child who did not sleep. So I was, you know, I'm judging you right now. Well, I am a big tea drinker, though. Like, you know, absolutely love my tea. Got to be good. Got to be very specific, you know. But yeah, coffee, I did go through phases, but I, I have to say I'm not it's not an everyday thing for me. (laughs) <laughs> I I unfortunately have actually been giving myself recently pep talks of cut down Ashley cut yeah. down Ashley. <laughs> I I can I can sense the 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 jitters that are happening in yeah. the body I'm not switching off at night and that's like oh I'm quite an anxious person and I found that having coffee actually didn't do me many favors Um, and I also don't sleep very well anyway you know in spite of children so for me I just think me and Kathy I would always be like one coffee a day would be my absolute max but um I just can't do it I just don't think caffeine sits very well with me so (laughs) I'm I'm on a mission I'm gonna I'm actually I mean I've been writing a bit more of just like journaling about like, okay, cut down. This is what's triggering. I, I, I'm just like, I know that it's like, it's bad. It's right here next to me, Charlotte. Yeah, it's right really, here. Well, it is a coffee it's, chat. So that is fair, yeah. to be honest. That, that is fair. Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Coffee Chat. Well, Charlotte, yeah. I've already said this in the intro. You are the absolute go-to weaning oh. expert celebrities like Joe Wicks, of course, and Stacey Solomon, and essentially every parent across the UK. And um, well, you must know now that you've been helping me as I am in Uganda. So you have you have reached another continent with your oh, lovely, nice to know. But I have to start off and ask you this: as you are an expert for other moms and dads around the world, how was it for you training, navigating, if you will, for your two children? Was it? as easy or was it a bit like completely bananas because it is your own? I love that question. I don't think I've ever been asked that either. It's a really great question. I think um, 
with my son it was obviously it was very new like i didn't have i i didn't have the kind of instagram profile that i have now um i didn't speak to so many parents so regularly um and i was almost kind of going at it as a real experiment for myself i i absolutely loved it it was a joy and i really experimented with him and i kind of put all of the education that i'd learned throughout my career into practice and then just showcased it and it was really easy it was really smooth he was a big eater he loved his food um so it was um yeah definitely an easy journey second time round i had a bigger instagram profile which comes along with a lot more questions lots more controversies you know so it was tougher and i did feel the pressure a little bit more um and also my daughter is very strong willed so if she doesn't want to do something there is no doing it. Um, and I found that her eating was so different to my son. So it took me a long time to adjust that she was, you know, she ate less. She had a much lower appetite than he did. He eats big portions. She eats small portions. She likes to have small amounts more often. Um, and that was quite strange for me to try and get used to. And I was kind of doing this all, you know, in the open while showcasing this to everybody else. Um, and she definitely has been through much more periods of being fussy and confusing food. I think teething really affects her. Whereas with my son, it was only like when we had really bad, you know, illness that his appetite would go down. So I think it was a real, both were a real shock, both were a huge learning curve. But I think that as a, a nutritionist, a child nutritionist, I really feel like those two very different experiences have helped me to adjust how I give advice and the empathy and the kind of reassurance I try and offer to parents in my work. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, like, how how do you personally feel going through it opposed to, you know, teaching someone to do it? Because that's got to be two completely separate, mm. perhaps exhausting yeah. For the brain mentally. I mean, like, how do you push and pull? Because, you know, recently, and I, I feel like you, I'm sure you know, uh, Rosie Davidson, who is a sleep yeah. expert. Yeah. And lovely, my first time ever meeting her on this podcast. And again, I asked her, like, you're in this, like 24 seven working it, but then you're also on top of it equally trying to give to your children. Like, how do you kind of compartmentalize mentally to mm. like, be able to switch on, switch off. Like, how, how does that work for you? Do you mean in terms of like the advice and the food and the, and yeah. the, yeah. So because I think it's there's, also, there's also like an approach too, though, with like your, I, I mean, like personality, your energy, because your energy with someone out, like say like you're meeting in person and you're going through these talks with parents, that energy is going to be completely different than what you would be reciprocating onto your child. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's real pros and cons to it. I think there's the, obviously the, the obvious pro is that actually I've seen it all. I've seen what all these parents have gone through. I've I've seen that. Yeah, you know, I I genuinely have conversation with hundreds of parents a day, whether that be comments, story replies, emails, you know, different social platforms. Um, I've seen so many struggles. I see how normal it is. And I think that gives you a really good kind of playing field. If you realize that, all of these behaviors are normal and there's so many different parents seeing it and it's not just me. It takes a mass load of pressure off. But I think there's also the side of things that is a little bit of that pressure of, well, actually, I'm a child nutritionist. If I'm not getting it right, if my kids don't enjoy food, um, then 
you know, what 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 hope is there for me to be able to advise other people? I mean, I do. So there is that kind of thing that almost sits in the back of my head sometimes, especially when my kids go through those very, very normal periods of food refusal. There's a bit in my head thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, if they don't eat well. And I think even judgment, like when, you know, if you go out to parties or you know, I was recently at a photo shoot and somebody put a plate down in front of Ada and she went, yuck, I'm not eating that. And I thought, brilliant. Thank you so much, Ada, for just doing, you know, showing me. Whereas Rafi sits there and he's just absolutely, you know, doesn't care going for it. And I think so, you know, like I say, there's pros and cons, there's the pressure, but there's also that realisation that I know that most of this stuff is normal and that parents are going through it every single day. Oh, you just touched on something that I so, I, I, I have no doubt you have the answer for. The emotions of a child mm. in weaning, how, yeah. like, what are some tips with that? Because I, I, I obviously can reflect them back onto my journey with Adia, because let me just tell you, ooh, that was rough. Oh, it sorry. was rough. I think that's really hard. And I, um, I what I want parents to often realize is that most things that go on during weaning are perfectly normal. You know, mm. for children to refuse food, for children to say yuck, for children to throw food, drop food, like something one day and then hate it the next. Um, you know, all of this is so normal. It's part of the parcel of feeding kids. And I think the one thing I have been trying to stress, especially since having Ada and since really, really going through it myself, is that we need to check ourselves and our own expectations because we might be expecting them to gobble up that meal that we've put in front of them because they ate it yesterday but they're individual they've got other ideas they have their own hormones feelings there are reasons maybe why they don't want that food today maybe they ate something similar yesterday maybe they're just not feeling hungry maybe they're coming down with something maybe they're distracted maybe they just didn't want that right now and they can't voice to us oh mummy I really don't feel like I want this today because actually I really don't want anything crunchy because I just I'm really tired and I just don't want to sit here and have to crunch through lots of food it takes up lots of my energy and I'm tired they can't say that to us you know we might be able to realize that as adults but the only thing they can do is refuse the food so we have to sometimes adapt our own expectations that we've put food down they should eat it because that's not what's going on in their brains and their heads and their bodies and actually they're just being really intuitive and they're listening to themselves but they don't know how to tell you that and communicate that so I think that is one of the biggest points of fussed eating children's appetites go up and down it's normal multiple 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 things will impact whether they want a meal or not but the only way they can tell you is by going yuck don't want it no pushing the plate away and we take that personally but actually it's not personal at all it's about them I actually would say I took it personally at the beginning Mm. it's hard to disconnect Mm. it's not about you like I made, I've got this whole gorgeous plate together and I might even take a photo of it and put it on yeah. Instagram. It looks so good. But I will, I, I will confess, I could never make like a whole carrot stick situation look good. It was always just a pile of <laughs> carrots. But, but I have to say, I looking back on it, I was probably internally just like yeah. so amped up yeah. about failing that yeah. she 
he was probably feeling that. Yeah, absolutely. And that is really normal as well. I think as parents, we take on so much. I mean, you know, that's another thing that going through through having two kids, you know, I know the guilt, I know the wake ups, I know the worry, I know the pressure that we put on ourselves. And that is going to have a knock on effect if that's happening at mealtimes. If you're anxious, if you've created something and you're thinking, please, 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 I want you to eat it. And also, for us as parents, you know, we have just put time and effort into that. It's stressful. You've got to think about it, create it, put it down on the table. For it to be refused, you think, I've just put all that effort in. And, and it is really hard. It's disheartening. It makes you miserable. It makes you unmotivated to do it again. But it's not you. It is not you. It's them. There's something, there's a reason they don't want that food right now. And I try and always say to parents, pick it up, pop it in the fridge, try and take that pressure off the meal because the more pressure we put on those meals, the more they're going to not enjoy them. I mean, would you enjoy going for dinner with your friends and somebody being anxious, jumping around, expecting you to have to eat something that maybe you don't want to eat? Or maybe someone puts something down in front of you and you think, oh God, that was not what I expected. If you then had a friend saying to you, no, 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 you will eat that. How would you feel? And sometimes we have to reflect that in our own children and our own meal times because it makes a big difference. That is like huge gold dust information right there. <laughs> like, because I, I'm already processing in my head what happened at breakfast this morning. Yeah. Um, and it's also like the timer is on because she's up and I got to get her ready to go to school. Yeah. And my yeah. traffic is getting much thicker here. So it's, it's one of those things of like, gosh, just take two steps back, wake her up a little bit earlier and yeah. let her figure it out because I, I can, I just this morning, I can yeah. absolutely was pressuring her like yeah. not to be negative, but like I was pressuring her to eat time. Yeah, absolutely. And please don't blame yourself because we all do what I do it. Sometimes I'm like, you know, Rafi will love to take his time over his meal, you know, thinks he's got all the time in the world and he, he'll eat and then he'll be like, can I have some more? Can I have some more? And you know, when you're thinking like we, we literally have to leave in 15 minutes, uh, I, you know, we all do it. And as parents, it's really tough. And that's why Everyone says parenthood is tough, but yes, the more that you can step back, do it 10 minutes mm -hmm. earlier, give time, you know, it's so important because those mealtimes that become fractious and pressured are le much less enjoyable for them. But please don't blame yourself, anyone, you, me, anyone, because it's normal. It's parenthood. We have to be places sometimes and that's just the way it is. <laughs> no, that's very true. But I will have to say that like even some, I have those days where it's like I sneeze and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Adia. Like it's just like, you know, we, yeah. we just put so much on our shoulders. And, so it just much. Is, and, and one day we will find the balance and that will probably be the day they go off to university. Yeah, exactly. And then we'll be like, what? We missed it all. And now we know what? how to do it. Come <laughs> Well, yeah. I have to ask you as, um, you know, I, I you know, the, the busy mumsy community is not just parents who are in the thick of it now, but they are expecting parents as someone who is new to that parenting world. What, like, what are the signs that it's time to start weaning? Like what, what are they oh, looking yeah. for? Or is this like, okay, at six months or at three months, like what, what, how, what is this journey for that expecting busy mumsy? 
So generally, we try and talk about signs to look out for because babies reach different milestones at different times. You know, they they generally, you know, walk and crawl and talk and speak and babble and get teeth at totally different times. And it's, you know, it's going to have some variation when it comes to weaning too. It's ultimately about trying to look out for three kind of key signs of readiness. And this is that your baby can sit up they don't need to be completely by themselves, but they do need to be able to hold a sturdy trunk, hold their head and neck up on their shoulders really easily, sit up and use their hands. If they can do that, brilliant. And they should be able to sit up nice and steady in the high chest. So sit up, hold head and neck steady. They should be able to see food and be able to go up to it themselves and pick it up with their own hands. They don't need to absolutely, you know, actually be able to eat it necessarily, but pick it up and bring it towards their mouth themselves. If they can do that, then they're getting that hand-eye coordination skill. And the third sign, in the in the UK, we say that babies should be able to swallow more food than they push back out. And what this basically means is babies have something called a tongue thrust reflex. So if you put your finger on the bottom of their lip and they push their tongue out, they'll do it as a reflex. And that reflex action starts to diminish as you go from around four to six months of age. So ideally, by about six months of age, it's less to the degree, degree where babies should be able to use their tongue to move food backwards rather than as a reflex action pushing that tongue out. So those three signs are sit up, hold head and neck steady, see food, pick it up and bring it to their mouth by themselves and should be able to use their tongue not to push the food back out, not pushing too much food, but use their tongue to actually be able to swallow some of the food when they do get it in their mouth. So those are the three key signs. <laughs> and that should happen at around six months of age. So generally, it's thought that you'll start to see those three signs happening on a regular basis at around six months, which is ideally when we want to be starting. I mean, I, I know that I started with Adia around that time and she was kind of quick when it came to like lifting her body up, rolling over, crawling, pulling up to stand. Like yeah. she was actually an overachiever in that department, but it was the food part that I, you know, she and I are 50, 50 on this one. So that the eating department was a bit questionable. Yeah. <laughs> so when you are now into the weaning stage, is it color coded? Is it like what, what you have to start? What do you start with first? Like what, what are like the, the key things to start with? Or is it just kind of like, Oh, whatever's there that says, Oh, it's six month approved. I'll give it to them. <laughs> So definitely not color coded um, in terms of like what you offer. I think, you know, in, in the UK, we tended to start with, you know, baby rice and baby porridge, which if you want to, is fine. But we now know that there's a couple of things. So first of all, variety early on is really good because the more you can get that variety and when children are around this age, because actually they're much more willing to accept a variety of flavors and tastes earlier on during weaning. So we don't want to be giving them, you know, baby rice for two or three weeks because actually it's quite sweet. It's quite plain. There's no texture there. And we want to be exposing baby to new tastes, new flavors, new textures, variety in their diet. And the second thing is there's lots of research, and especially in the UK, we often talk about this, around offering veggies first as a first food. And, you know, again, I know that they don't really necessarily follow this in the States, but there's quite a lot of research that we've done in the UK, which suggests that this might be beneficial for improving and increasing acceptance of veggies when they're later. And essentially, this is because babies are born with a preference for sweet foods. 
But if we start them off by giving them a variety of savory, bitter, umami tastes early on in their weaning journey, which actually green and savory veggies tend to give you, then it can help them to be more exposed, more familiar with and more accepting of those flavors. Um, some babies will, you know, go into their weaning journey and you might give them those veggies and they're like, wow, I'm not having this. This is too much absolutely fine other babies will be like yeah I'm quite happy with this broccoli and this spinach and you know these other foods so I think that you know I'm a big fan of the variety at the start you can start with a week or two weeks of savory veggies and then start to build in other things like fruits and um, carbohydrates and iron and protein rich foods uh, uh, as you kind of experiment with them but that variety early on that exposing to new flavors for me is what is really important and it's also really fun and it doesn't mean that your baby's going to go oh yummy broccoli gobble 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 give me more Um, it's not always going to happen that way it's about tiny tastes it's about getting those little tastes on their taste buds in those first week or so of weaning and then moving on to explore much wider variety charlotte i'm still waiting for adia to go mm, yummy delicious give me yeah, more fair I, enough. <laughs> he's just fussy but i have to ask too when it comes to milk mm-hmm. so my daughter went off of milk cow's milk quick mm-hmm. like not having it, no mommy, arms up, turning the head, mouth shut. What, how do you handle that? What would be some tips when the child is like, no to a- any bottle, mm. doesn't want it in a cup? I mean, I, I did from straws to yeah, to cups. I mean, you, I, you name it, I, I ran the gamut on it. And it is a solid no. Yeah. So so quite often when babies start weaning, especially if they take to weaning quite readily, it can impact milk intake. So, you know, just as an just as a hypothetical example, a baby might eat food and be like, oh, this is fun. I'm loving exploring this. And then when it comes to mealtime, maybe they aren't that hungry, um, milk time, sorry, maybe they aren't that hungry, maybe they're not bothered with it, maybe they'd rather have the food. That does happen. The opposite also happens quite often too, whereas babies aren't that keen on the food and they want more and more of their milk. So both scenarios can be very common. The main thing I would say is with the milk is, you know, you've obviously shown an example where she just really, whatever you tried, she really wasn't keen. But we normally say keep trying because quite often what can happen with parents is that their baby just get it gets excited by that novelty of food and they start refusing the bottles. But actually, if you carry on offering them, they might start to accept them again later. So don't give up. Keep offering them. Remember that actually baby doesn't necessarily need huge amounts of milk once they get a bit more steadily on three meals a day and eating a fair amount. They don't need as much milk. So sometimes as parents, we can think that they need huge amounts. And I've got lots of fact sheets on milk that show you basically how much your baby needs at different stages. Um, and also what to do when they are refused, because there's still lots of things you can do as well as keep offering them. You can try different cups, like you've already said, but you can also do things like adding the milk to food. So you can add it to their purees, you can add it to their soups, you can add it to some of the kind of foods and ingredients that you offer. And also, let's remember that if they're having um, formula or dairy in their diet, then they can have two or three portions of dairy a day as well, which can help to kind of add towards that milk. So cheese, yogurt, um, maybe some like sugar-free custard, all counts towards them having some dairy as well in their diet too. Um, It depends on the age and stage. And like I say, if it's six months old baby, you probably wouldn't want to give them huge amounts of that. But once they get to more like a year, if they're starting to drop their milk, it's not really the end of the world. And if 
they're having cereal, they're going to be having little bits of milk in their cereal too. But I think milk is a complex topic. So if anyone's got questions on it, please do check out my fact sheet on milk because it basically has the answer to everything on there. (laughs) And they can always go to the show notes here too, because I'll have everything about you, your platform there so they can quickly just find it all. Absolutely. What are your views then on vitamins for kids? So there are recommendations in the UK for children um, if babies are breastfed to have vitamin D, so 8.5 to 10 micrograms of vitamin D from birth if they're being breastfed. Um, that's right up until baby is about five years of age and they need to be having that vitamin D. And thereafter, they're still recommended to have it during the winter months because we don't get enough from the sun. Um, for babies who are not breastfed, the recommendation and who are being fed by uh, you know formula milk formula milk tends to already have enough vitamin d in it so Mm. they don't need vitamin d until they are having less than around 500 mils of formula once they're having less than 500 mils they won't necessarily be getting enough vitamin d so they need to have it in a supplement also the recommendation in the uk is for babies to also have vitamin a and vitamin d each day too now this is from around six months from a breastfed baby or from when a baby who is formula fed is having less than 500 mils so a c and d are the are really the ones that you want to think about and these are recommended a and c are a bit of a safeguard so it's more that if their diet isn't really well balanced they might be at risk of not getting enough of these but actually it's pretty easy to get them from food d is the one you really want to focus on because it's very hard to get enough vitamin d from food alone especially in the winter months Yeah, of course. I mean, right now, because we're battling with that, but we're in Uganda. So she's getting all sorts of vitamin D right now, just walking outside. So I'm very lucky with that. But, you know, we we actually have her on um, a good uh, vitamin. She's three. So she could take, I went to the pharmacy and got her something just so, because we just went through recently a really bad bout of her just no to everything. I want yeah. apple juice and that is it. I just want, and we do like fresh apple juice. We don't do like the box or anything like that. So it doesn't have like all of the crazy preservatives and whatnot in it. But even that, I know you're probably thinking in your head, like, no, you should not be doing that. <laughs> but, but no, I can't, but, but you know what? I can't get water sometimes down her throat. She mm. just, refuses. so we dilute and dilute the, um, her, her juice with water, just so we know she's getting that. Yeah. Oh, and there's so many things that you can do to, you know, kids going through fussy phases, especially between the age of about 18 months and three is incredibly common. It really, really is. And there's a few reasons for that. So they start to develop in this. Yeah, it's so normal. I promise you, they start to want to develop autonomy. And actually, they're not in charge of necessarily what they wear, where they go, when they get in the car, whether they cross the road, but actually they can control what goes in their mouth. So it's autonomy and independence. They also, their growth rate starts to slow. So actually, they start to maybe need less in the way of food and calories than previously, perhaps. Um, And there's also, if they go through a phase called neophobia, where they start to be a little bit more wary about what they eat and do start to become more fussy. So it's very common. It's very normal. There's lots you can do but definitely addressing that kind of mealtime excitement enjoyment eating with them is such such key things and of course if you are worried about their intake it's definitely worthwhile you know you either chat to a pharmacist or your health visitor and, and a multivitamin for specifically for children can also be a nice little safeguard for you and help to give you that reassurance but I do want to reassure you that it is very normal 
most kids go through it. My daughter's been going through it as well. Um, but there's lots, there's lots you can do. And the first thing I would say starts with that kind of mealtime and that environment and making that mealtime environment, not about them eating up, but about making it something they want to be at, enjoyable for you, for them. So how can we change that environment so that we all want to be there and it becomes much more pleasurable and it can have a really big knock-on effect. And then also though, like with presenting them food, the portion size, mm-hmm. like how, is it okay to kind of like put a vast variety of, like in front of them, like a huge plate and just like let them pick or should it be condensed down so that then they just, they only have a couple so, options. So if they're being quite, um, if they're being quite picky about what they do and don't want to eat, if you're finding there's multiple days and meals that are being refused, definitely I would say trying to go in with smaller portions can be helpful. The main reason for that is because actually sometimes in a child who maybe their appetite's low, they're going through a phase of neophobia, um, or they're just, you know, feeling, you know, maybe they've had some experiences at mealtimes that they didn't enjoy. Actually giving them a plate of a massive amount of food is going to instantly make them go, oh, no, don't want it too much. How am I going to eat this? I'm not that hungry. I don't want to sit here for hours on end. And they're going to have feelings of kind of a lot of stress and anxiety. Whereas actually, if we start smaller and allow them to go back for seconds if they want it, it's a much, much easier way of doing it. It also helps you to reduce food waste because you can keep that food back and it's not touched and spat out and, you know, got slobber all over it or whatever. But you know, ultimately, definitely go in there a bit smaller. I'd also always say if you're if you're going through periods of really kind of fussy food refusal, then trying to offer something on the plate that you know your little one does like and will accept can really help. So smaller meals, smaller portion sizes, go in there, even if you think it's really small, go in there with it and just you know, no, no pressure for them to eat. So no comment when you put the plate down of, you know, now I really want you to give this a try because again, instantly bump pressure. So small plate, something, you know, they will accept on that plate and allow them seconds of that if they want it. Don't put pressure on them eating, sit and try and enjoy your meal with them. Take any pressure off, any stress off, maybe play some music in the background, have a chat over the meal. Don't talk about the food. And take the idea away of trying to get them to eat. Step back and let's say, let's not get them to eat. Let's get them to want to be here. Because that is your first important point when it comes to that. So I hope that makes sense. (laughs) No, that makes absolute sense. And this whole time, I'm just like taking this all in. And I'm just so in awe of you, Charlotte. You have spoken so beautifully for the past 30 minutes about your work and everything. And I, I, I want to end by asking you as someone who is a, has your own business an entrepreneur with books and is influencing, you know, for mama bears and papa bears all over the world, how do you juggle it all and keep your feet planted on the ground and, and are able to like get through the day in such a positive light because you, I mean, the sun is shining on you in this video right now. <laughs> literally, you speak with so much sincerity and happiness and excitement that, and it, you know, that's, it doesn't come across all the time with, with other people. And, you know, mm. this is a beautiful thing. And so how do you navigate this personally to get through it all and be the strong businesswoman that you are? Oh, gosh, that's a big question. Um, it's really, it's really tough. You know, I am quite an anxious person, which doesn't really suit the kind of work I do where I'm 
speaking to you know quite a vast number of people um so I do struggle with it a lot and you know I I'm I like to be very very honest and I'm not going to say that I find it easy to juggle it all I'm constantly questioning myself should I be doing more of this and less of this should I be spending more time doing this or you know it is constant um I think the main thing is I I love the work I do. I love talking about child nutrition. I love it. Um, it's a topic that's really important to me. I feel like it's, it's, you know, ingrained through my personality. You know, I, I talk about it every day and it is a, such a big topic for me. I think the main thing I do is I try, I recently, you know, since having Ada, it's been the toughest time of my life, definitely. But I think recently I'm really trying to look after myself a bit more so I make sure in the evenings I shut off at a certain time I'm reading more books I'm listening to podcasts that I really enjoy listening to and I think that's the one thing I have to have some shut off because you probably the same you know being a business owner having kids working from home there is no shut off there's no like you know boom the work is constantly there um, yep. and there's also this desire in my head to want to do and be and be you know be present more, for more. How, yeah, how, how more, you, more, 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 more. How do yeah. you switch off more yeah, every day? So hard. There is no button. There yeah, is there no is not. There's not. But I think I, I try, like at the moment, what I'm trying to do is saying nine o'clock comes and I and that is my time to go, right, phone off, don't think about it, podcast on, bath, book, you know, whatever, and just have that time. Because otherwise I do find my anxiety levels just creep up and up and up and I feel like I'm failing at everything. So, you know, it might seem like I'm, I've got it all together and people do sometimes say that to me, but honestly, I, I really, I suffer from anxiety a lot. So I, you know, I, it's not always easy, but as I said, I love what I do. And I think, yeah, I've got lots of support from family around me as well, which is very, very lucky. <laughs> I appreciate you being so just honest and open about that because a lot of people do struggle with that. And mm. we, we always I think we always do need to be reminded that those shiny Instagram squares are just a small blip, yeah. a small blip of the day. And, you know, we really don't know what is behind the yeah. stories and this, that and the other. So I really appreciate you sharing that. And oh, I can only really say to you that I, I applaud you from Uganda. I love what you're doing and I beyond appreciate you taking the time to share your expertise with the Busy Mumsy listener. Oh, thank thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. (laughs) 